T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0. And liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And blast off. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jake Schaefer Campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer, and this is my campaign. Sorry I haven't been very much fun lately. Again, kind of finishing up my master's, don't have a lot of time, that sort of stuff. And I moved across the United States. But anyway, I'm really just going to jump right in. So without further ado, chapter 19 of The Fleeting Prince. Chapter 19 Shiva and Cervantemir continued along the northern path, making their way through the frozen woods at a swift pace. After emerging from the perfect night that ruled the spider's den, the light above was blinding. It hurt their eyes, but neither spoke of the inconvenience, nor hinted at their discomfort. They spoke little as they rode, and a gloomy demeanor had befallen Cervantemir. The loss of a friend, the failure of duty, Shiva could not say, he was breathing well, the warden offered. If the poison had been a lethal dose, Sir Galehout would have passed before our departure. Perhaps, replied Vantamir, his eyes forward. But it is more than Galehout's well-being that concerns me. A change has come. A darkness lurks. Lord Magnus's road has been polluted, and the ravens said nothing. Either they know and did not speak of it, or they were deceived. The guild must be warned, as must my master. Shiva gave the knight a flat look, then nodded reluctantly. Yes, of course. In the distant north, the forest rose high with outlines of green spreading out against a blue sky. Remnants of the Tate had spread far, but at last its corruption was beginning to fade. Shiva was pleased with what he saw, yet they still had some distance to travel and the cold was still very much about them. An icy wind had begun to blow, gusting through the hollow road in quick blasts that froze the sweat on Shiva's neck. The wind came from the south, bringing with it a lingering stench of decay, the stagnant air of the spider's den. Will we clear the woods by nightfall? asked the warden. Vantamir nodded and pointed towards the horizon. We are closer than you think. Just beyond those hills is open farmland in the ocean. It is there that we will find the guild. If we keep this pace, we shall reach it before dusk. Hmm, that is good to hear. I have passed through the forest many times, but always on my way to Solaire. Never have I seen the guild. It does not compare with Lohalian, began the knight. Yet it is a fine castle, strong and true. I visited it often in my youth when I traveled with my father. Then you are not from the Eastern Ark. The knight laughed. Regrettably, I am not, but I have found my home in the service of Lord Magnus. The road turned westward then, only for a league before bending north once more. They maintained a quick pace, resting only that the horses might take a drink before continuing on. The sun was a sullen orange ball, just touching the treetops when they at last began to break free of the surrounding snow. The forest found new life then, filled with vibrant greens and rich browns. 
Squirrels could be seen running the lengths of the trees, and not long after, a great wolf darted off, chasing after some unseen prey. For a time, the pair continued on without concern, but it wasn't long before both Shiva and Servantamir began to wonder where the wolf had gotten to, for they were beginning to travel some distance without any sign from the beast. It was then his call came clear through the forest trees. Oh! Oh! Shiva pulled to a halt, his eyes darting out west along the tree line. Why have we stopped? said Vantamir. He is only hunting. The warden shook his head. No, he would not call out if there was not a need. Eager to press on, Vantamir looked northeast toward the fading sun. It would be prudent for us to clear these woods before nightfall. We have some time still, answered the warden. Taking his reins firmly in his hands, he turned westward, at an angle to the road, and pushed his steed off the path into the dark earth of the forest. He could hear Sir Vantamir falling closely in his wake, and was pleased that the knight had not voiced an objection. The silver knight was there to aid him, and Shiva was curious just how far the knight was willing to go to fulfill his master's will. In the dark shadows of the forest, piles of snow and ice could be seen having persisted through the noon sun. The cold was still present, and the breath rose like steam before their eyes. They had come to the foot of a stony hill and stopped, and there all signs of Merrick vanished. Which way could he have gone? said the knight. Southward, beyond the bend, or perhaps north again? Oh, neither, I should say, Shiva answered, and quickly dismounted, tying off his steed to a nearby tree. He climbed the hill and continued west. Tracks do not simply disappear, unless he was to travel upon these stones. I would be remiss if I were not to repeat my convictions, Vantamir said as his boots touched the ground. He led his horse beside Shiva and tied him off, gazing once more towards the sun. Your beast will do well in such a place once night falls. The forest is his home. I cannot say the same for us. We will return soon enough, good sir. There is time yet. Shiva paused then, looking down towards the silver knight, who was steadily climbing up after him. If we do not find him beyond this hill, we will return without delay. Sir Vantamir nodded, and together they continued their ascent. It was a steep hill, but manageable, even in armor. They reached the top before long, and there they found the great wolf seated like a statue upon the ridge, gazing out across the land. Beyond the trees to the west lay a web of lakes, the waters glittering darkly in the shadows of the surrounding trees, strung together by thin streams that weave through the surrounding foliage. In the distance, standing in the shallow waters of the center lake, stood the hollows, three thousand strong at least, unmoved amidst the quiet of the calm waters. Beside him, Shiva heard Sir Vantamir gasp. Hmm. The warden's face was calm, lacking all emotion as he gazed about the surrounding lakes. There are more standing in the shadows of the woods, he said, and pointed them out for the night to see. What could be their purpose? I cannot say, and at this time it would be unwise to guess. We must return, Vantamir said. News of this must be told at once, for such a number to collect like this is unheard of, and so near the guild. Just then, there was a stirring in the waters of the furthest lake, 
The dark water rolled and bubbled as a black shape rose up to the surface and rippled against the top before disappearing into the unknown. The pair watched the lake grow still before exchanging a look. They retreated without a word, making their way down the hill once more to their horses. Dusk deepened. They left the hillside and continued east toward the road, but had hardly gone half a league before skidding to a halt. Shiva grunted in frustration and turned his horse northward, looking upon a group of ghouls as they cut across the woods. They do not see us, he began. We'll go around then circle east back towards the road. Servantimir nodded and followed after, but Merrick hesitated, baring his teeth toward the foul undead before bounding off after Shiva in the night. They went on for a mile or more northwards, searching for a way back to the road, yet all they saw were hollows interspersed in groups of two or three, traveling north towards the fading sun. Both riders had paused for a moment, deciding which way they should go while Merrick traveled some ways ahead. Suddenly the wolf gave a cry and the others came riding towards him, expecting to find a clear path but instead coming upon a pile of huddled bodies taken for boulders in the darkening woods. These are guild men, said the knight as he searched the ground in a wide circle. Look, he pointed, there lie the staffs, broken and discarded by the enemy. Shiva pushed his horse forward, taking in the grounds, wondering what calamity had befallen the slain wizards. The trees all about were scorched black and a charred stench remained amidst the cold wind. They were ambushed, said the warden at last, by more than just hollows. But which foul creatures had attacked, he could not say, for the ground had been trampled hard and flat, so that few clues remained. A little further north they came upon a fold where once a great river had run, falling and winding through the wood like so many others. The river had decreased, though, so that only a small stream ran through the center. Here, said Shiva. His eyes narrowed as he gestured to the soft sand beside the riverbank, where a line of tracks crossed the path. I see only another riddle, said Vantamir. His eyes creased as he looked past the river into the deep of the woods. The tracks continue north up this water channel, towards the farmlands you spoke of. He paused then, noticing how deep the tracks were compared to his own. Let us hope we do not come across whatever foe fell upon those wizards. They were near ten of them, I counted, and we are only three. Without replying, Shiva pushed his horse forward, riding hard with Merrick and Vantamir close behind. They broke east and finally managed to find the road. Swiftly now they rode, watching as the fading sun continued in its descent until they reached the crest of a small hill and a great wind blew against them and stirred their cloaks the cold wind of night. Do you see that? cried Vantamir suddenly as he reined in his horse. There, it is a man, I think, traveling along the road. Shiva pushed forward without reply, his eyes focusing on the stranger that lay ahead. As they drew near, they found that it was indeed a man, bloodied and limping along the path before them. Greetings, stranger, cried Vantamir as the pair drew near. The man had stopped and turned to watch as they rode up, and for a moment he stood silent, looking upon them with one eye, for the left side of his face was a mash of blood, and his hair was tangled with dirt and leaves. Greetings, he said at last. Their horses began to flutter in the growing darkness, 
but Vantamir kept a steady seat and spoke out. What woe has befallen you, and why are you here alone in the woods of my master? At the knight's words, a spark of life returned to the man's face. You serve Lord Magnus? Sir Vantamir nodded. I do. Then I shall answer you quickly, for time is short. I was sent into these woods at the request of Lady Maeve of Solier to probe the land for hollows and return with my findings. He looked now toward Shiva, who returned his gaze with a cold and empty stare, his mouth tight and thin. And what did you learn? asked Vantamir. There is a horde of hollows marching upon Malhorn Peak, even as we speak. They are traveling slowly along the winding river, led by a knight sent in brazen armor. I was returning to the guild to speak of what I found, when my horse was spooked by stray hollows, and I was thrown. I fought my way back to the road just before you found me. It is well we did, said Vantamir. Even now more hollows follow. They will be upon us soon if we do not move in haste. This night, Shiva began, can you describe him? Nay, he answered, shaking his head. He was far indeed, too far from my eyes to see him well, but he moved between the hollows as though he were their master. This confirms all I have thought, cried Vantamir. A new order has come upon the undead, and they have become an enemy worth fearing. Come, said Shiva, holding out his hand to the wounded stranger. We are not far from the guild. My horse can bear the weight of two for the remainder of our course. The stranger nodded and took Shiva's hand, struggling upon the back of his horse behind the warden. I am Pharaoh, said the man, personal guard to Princess Maeve. I am Shiva of Cateron, and my companion is Sir Vantamir, servant of Lord Magnus. It is well that we came across you before night was complete. That darkness fool our eyes, and we take you for the undead. If that had been the case, we may have struck you down as we rode, said Vantamir. His eyes over his shoulder were stark and grim. These woods grow more foul each passing hour. Pharaoh laughed nervously, as if he thought it were a joke. Shiva was not so sure. Vantamir was sent to aid him, not to rescue wounded bodyguards. Lord Magnus kept his lands clean and orderly. One man mistaken for an undead would matter little to the great lord. Abruptly, he stared off to his left, deep into the woods, just as a shallow growl echoed from Merrick. His eyes searched the forest. One of the trees had trembled, only for a moment, before growing still. But he had seen it, and so had the wolf. Pharaoh and Vantamir were looking as well, when suddenly one of the trees near the fringe whipped back, its trunk cracking loudly as it snapped at the base and disappeared into the woods behind. A shrill scream went out, and a dark mass shifted before disappearing into nothing. Keep riding, Vantamir instructed, drawing his sword. His silver gauntlets flickered in the night as he turned his horse so that he faced the woods. And do not stop whatever you should hear. A hint of jealousy rose within Shiva as he watched Vantamir charge into the unknown. What foe lay inside the woods? What beast? What monster? He let the thought fade as he watched the night get swallowed by the darkness. Lady soon had given him a quest, and it would lead to the greatest victory one might have, if he could see it through to the finish. 
Hold tight, he urged Pharaoh, and dug his heels into his horse's flanks, pushing him as hard as he might. Do not lose your grip. If you should fall, it will be your end. A great roar went out from the woods where Vantamir had gone. It resonated through the forest, and all the trees shied away from it, as though stricken by an axe. For even when it had faded, the forest shuddered. Again the roar rumbled forth, and with it came hate and death. What can you see? said Shiva. Can you? The awful cry came once more, loud and shrill, before cutting off tersely. He is there, cried Pharaoh. Emerging from the woods back upon the dim path appeared the knight, holding his sword well clear of himself as he turned his horse and began racing after them at full speed. A number of hollows are behind him, continued Pharaoh, as the horde began pouring out from the woods, but they are afoot and will not catch us. That was no hollow he faced in those trees, answered Shiva, but even as he spoke a second horde broke out before them. The hollows turned in, blocking the path like a fleet of shadows. Shiva's sword was in his hand. Clean and true he struck out as he passed, his blade taking the heads of any ghoul who drew near. Merrick howled in rage, biting and tearing upon the corrupted souls, so that even they seemed to take pause before coming once more at the riders. Teeth bared in a rictus growl, the great wolf tore at the last of the men that stood before them, making a clearing for Shiva to pass through. Broken and dismantled, all who remained tried to reform as Sir Vantamir came riding past, but the night was too fast, and cleared the horde without even having to level his blade. Standing in his stirrups, Vantamir charged forward, pushing his stallion faster and faster, until he had reclaimed the distance and rode beside Shiva. But it did not last, and once again the shadows shifted along the fringe, and the silver knight took to the trees. More screams followed, both shrill and filled with fear, and again the knight emerged, his blade and armor dripping in black blood that smelled of rot, even as they rode. Breath streamed forth from the knight, and his silver armor no longer shined, yet his eyes remained strong. We are nearly there, Pharaoh shouted as they fought through another small horde. Three hollows fell quickly beneath Shiva's blade and the powerful swipes of Merrick's claws as they pushed on. The forest trees were just beginning to thin when a harrowing cry arose behind them. Detached and deep, it brought an eerie calm to the woods, and all signs of the hollows vanished revealing an open path before them. The strange call came again, like a strained blast from a cracked war horn. The cry was answered with a deep rumble that shook the path and sent a shiver down Shiva's spine. But if it was one of fear or excitement, none could tell. Another unknown foe comes toward us, Vantamir said grimly, to which Shiva gave no reply. The warden sat measuring the distance before them, while the last light of the sun passed away. We make for Malhorn Peak, he said, though something in his voice hinted of regret. We must not get caught outside the gates. He pushed his horse forward. Ride, he screamed, and do not look back. Both Vantamir and Merrick plunged after him, racing along the hidden road quick as the wind. They were near the end of the forest now, and the woods were growing thin before opening all at once into a wide field full of flat land and tall grass. It would have been a welcome sight had the armies of the undead not occupied the plains west of them. 
they were some ways away, but their torches shone like a beacon, signaling a gathering of great numbers. They must be a thousand strong, said Shiva, as he paused to watch the undead army make the way across the fields. It was then that he could see the great fires of Malhorn Peak burning in the distance. I did not see so many in the forest, answered Pharaoh, his mouth tight with distraught. Even the guild will have difficulty fighting off such a host. Alas, cried Vantamir suddenly, they know not what comes. We came across their men slain deep in the woods, and I know now what slew them, for it was an evil creature twisted from bone and beast. At once he unslung his horn from his side and pressed it to his lips, blowing a mighty call with all his breath. Yet despite the night's blow, not a sound was made and Shiva eyed the horn with renewed interest. Behind him he could feel Pharaoh laughing. Blood and ash, the man cried. The horn's ruined. Must be cracked near the mouthpiece. Shiva shook his head. No, the horn is fine. It sent forth a different warning, one that cannot be heard by enemies or foes. He is right, added Vantamir. This horn has been enchanted to warn only those who practice in the magical arts. Hopefully it will be overlooked by our enemies. The dark peaks are near, Shiva said, running his hand along the neck of a stallion. He could feel the sweat dripping down with every labored breath. The path appears open, he began as he pushed his horse forward for the final stretch. But be wary, lest we be trapped by our own respite. Raising his horn to his lips, Servantimir let out another blast before charging after Shiva. To their left, they continued to watch as rows of hollows emptied out from the forest into the fields like a trail of trickling fireflies, spreading their flames to anything that would burn, and marching to the beat of an unheard drum.